You may actually not be somebody who reveals a lot of your own secrets. You may not be somebody who... <laughs> I'll be your secret, but I won't tell you mine. <laughs> right, exactly. Hello, everyone. Today we have a special guest on Gracie TV, a real professional astrologist. I am so excited. It's actually our first episode on astrology ever. So, is astrology real? What is Mercury retrograde? Can it really match my personality, predict the future? And today our astro astrologist is going to give me a mini reading. I am a Gemini, <laughs> I'm so excited. And I'll see if it resonates or not. I'm still a little bit, how do you say, on the fence if I believe it or not. So, today our special guest is Emma Bernier. She is a transformational coach and a psychological astrologer. Yeah, hello, welcome. <laughs> By the way, we are starting a podcast together. It's called The Green Tea for now. Um, this is our first episode, so go and check the links down below to our new podcast links. All right, Emma, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? What do you do with coaching and astrology? Yeah, absolutely. Um, firstly, I'm really happy to be here. Thank you for you know giving me the opportunity to share a little bit about astrology because I do think it can be a little bit kind of misunderstood. So I'm a transformational life coach and a psychological astrologer, and I teach people how to use astrology as a tool for self-development. Mm. I think a lot of us are introduced to astrology through predictive astrology and things like horoscopes. And while predictive astrology is extremely popular, especially more on the Eastern side of the world, I think that it can be misunderstood as a form of deterministic fortune telling, which is part, part of the reason why people they are skeptical of it, you know, and they are not mm. sure, is this, is this really real? Yeah. You know, that in addition to the whole lack of scientific evidence. They think that if you use it as a tool for deeper self-discovery and understanding the different aspects of your personality, it can help you to, you know, grow and, and prosper into the person that you really want to be. So I know you need your time of your birthday location where you were born. Why is that so important? How did the stars align? Like what is astrology for people who don't know at sure. all? So astrology is a symbolic practice that suggests that there is a relationship between the positions of the stars and different celestial bodies mm -hmm. at the time of your birth and your personality, behaviors, or s certain life events, right? The reason that the time, date, and place uh, are important is because the natal chart, you know, everybody has a different natal chart. The natal chart is essentially a snapshot of where everything is oriented at that specific time. And since planets are always moving, even if to the naked eye, it's it's not perceivable, the movement yeah. is not perceivable, the planets are always moving. If you were born at say 10 o'clock in the morning, you know, when the sun is in Gemini, right? Mm -hmm. But then, you know, say that you're on the cusp between Gemini and Cancer and you're born, you know, 30 minutes later yeah. or 12 hours later, the planet has moved. Right. And it's now finding itself in a different constellation. So there are many details, I think, to astrology, the different degrees and the houses and all the things that make it more complicated um, to get the most accurate snapshot of this is where the planet was. This is, you know, what it says about your personality. You know, you need to have those specific um, things because it, the, the chart can change based on, um, you know, location and time. In a way, humans made up like Venus has to do with love or Jupiter has to do with love. Like each yeah. sign has that, like it has to do with something. Did we give meaning to that? Or do you know how that came about? And how do you yeah. reconcile with us putting meaning to it versus sure. real? Yeah, that's actually a really good question. Yes, we as humans did assign these um, themes, for example, to different planets. It's like I said, astrology is a symbolic practice. The way that the meaning was, you know, matched with the, the planet 
is very cultural and symbolic and subjective in nature. So kind of to your point, it's a personal thing. It's whether or not you want to believe that that kind of matches. The earliest record of astrology being used is back in like Babylonian times, two or three BCE, something mm -hmm. around there. You know, we didn't have clocks and things to measure time or mm -hmm. to give structure or to give meaning. So what people noticed with astrology is, oh, you know, this planet is in this sign and we notice that this life event happens every time this planet is doing something. And so mm -hmm. it's kind of like catching patterns mm -hmm. as well, right? When you catch these patterns and then you, you kind of put together in your mind that this could be a cause of this, or this is the cause and this is the effect, or this is just something that has a relationship, even if we can't scientifically um, say yeah. that it has a relationship. It's a good question, um, but I think, yeah, ultimately it's a very subjective and symbolic thing mm -hmm. that each individual gets to say yes or no, I believe this has value and this has meaning to me, or it doesn't. Yeah, you know? kind of like they say in during full moons, there's like the most murderers or like crazy people. Oh, so I'm not gonna lie, we see many astrology TikTok influencers. I'm sure you've been scrolling. Everyone, especially Aries, Cancer, Capricorn, and Libra placements are going to have a huge emotional purge before the end of the year because we have an emotional Cancer full moon on December 26th, December 27th. All Libras, you know, from month of blah, blah, blah to blah, blah, are going to have great love life. You know, you've seen those videos. Yeah. So I wanna know, what do you think of those general addicting short format astrologers on social media? Are these claims true? What do you think? Yes and no is my short answer. Um, it's the same thing as horoscopes. When a, hor a horoscope says, you know, if you're a cancer, you know, today you're going to come across great wealth. Yeah. Um, and some people, what's interesting is that some people will say, oh my gosh, that's exactly what happened. And then other people are like, that didn't happen. Like, are you mm -hmm. kidding me? What it is, is it's saying that the energy is aligned and supports an event like this to happen. But it doesn't necessarily mean that it's guaranteed to happen. Mm -hmm. I think of this sort of like, like if an astrologer tells you, oh, you know, like you said, Libras are going to have a great love life in 2024. Yeah. Say that you desire and you want to have a great love life in 2024, but you have certain habits or behaviors that are kind of getting in your way, if you will, from having a great love life. If you continue, you know, to enact those behaviors, mm -hmm. or if you don't, you know, maybe take steps that you're intuitively guided to take, then you may find yourself like repeating a cycle, which may not lead you into that prosperous love life that you were promised by someone on TikTok. Overall, I think it's really that um, the energy is ideal, if you will, for these types of things to happen, but whether or not they actually happen, uh, I don't necessarily think that you could really say mm. yes or no definitively. I don't know if I, when I come across those videos, I'm like Gemini's blah, blah, blah. I don't think that it ever has happened to me. <laughs> yeah. So I'd rather like leave it up to me, but at the same time, yeah, I don't know. So what is Mercury retrograde and why are people so afraid of it? Retrogrades in general are times when a planet is perceived to be moving backwards in the sky. And so if you kind of look at that concept of a planet moving backwards, that's why people will say, for example, with Mercury retrograde, when Mercury goes retrograde, all your exes are gonna come back, you know, people from the mm -hmm. past, because it's that same idea of the motion uh, backward in the sky. Oh. But reality of retrogrades for me, personally at least, is I try to look at them as opportunities to revisit something, mm -hmm. look at what needs to be done to renew something, if you will. Mercury is the planet of communication. It's about our thought processes and our learning styles. We 
often hear that our exes come back during Mercury retrograde through like, you know, they reach out to us or reach out to us after we haven't heard from them for, for months, mm. right? So for me, I look at that not as, oh, this is a bad thing that's gonna happen. It's if this does come back around to me and say that my ex does reach out to me, perhaps there is something about that relationship that I am supposed to revisit. Now, when I say revisit, I don't necessarily mean get back together with this person, carry out a relationship with them. I mean, like revisit the themes of this relationship. What didn't work out here and why? Let me reflect on that. Let me actually think about the patterns maybe that we were kind of stuck in and mm -hmm. what what was I supposed to learn from this relationship? And based on that, you know, is this a relationship that I think I want to renew and start again or, you know, kind of uh, start a new cycle with? Or is this a door that I feel like, okay, you know, I've learned this lesson. I understand what this was meant to teach me and I'm now ready to kind of give myself that closure, if you will. This is just an example. The idea is you revisit these themes so that you can move forward in your life, regardless of whether that person, for example, is coming with you or not. I know that a lot of rumors has it that wealthy elites, notable people in the past have used astrology to make big prediction and moves. Do you think it helps one make important decisions? Yes. So there is recorded, I suppose, uh, evidence or at least stories, famous or wealthy people having used astrology in a predictive sense to uh, make decisions and pass laws and start businesses, I guess. Ronald Reagan is one of those people, allegedly, who um, consulted an astrologer to figure out like when was a good time to travel and yeah. you know implement certain laws. But JB Morgan um, is another one who allegedly consulted an astrologer for financial decisions. Princess Diana of Wales, uh, the late Princess Diana, I believe also had been mm -hmm. someone who is said to have cons consulted astrology. Predictive astrology is really common in the like Eastern side of the world. Vedic astrology is primarily predictive, very mm -hmm. karmic. Psychological astrology, which is the type of astrology that I do, is really more prevalent here in the West. To be fair, there is something to predictive astrology. People still practice it. They're still very accurate with it. You know, if it resonates with you to utilize astrology in a predictive sense, then by all means, like lean into that, explore it. It's a personal preference because mm -hmm. there are some people that I know who they swear by predictive astrology. They don't really look at psychological astrology that much. They will make big life decisions based on predict predictive astrology. Mm -hmm. But then other people, you know, they maybe completely like disregard it. They think it's fortune telling. They think it's pseudoscience and all this stuff. And then other people who fall in between, which maybe for me, that's kind of where I sit with it right now. I will definitely give it consideration. I'm not very likely, if I'm honest, I'm not very likely to make some crazy life decision just because mm. of predictive astrology. Like I'm always going to weigh. So predictive astrology is different than what you do a little bit. A little bit, yeah. So with predictive astrology, the emphasis is on forecasting like events and trends. Okay. What is going to happen? You know, when people say, oh, at this point, Saturn's moving here. So you're going to have, you know, duties mm -hmm. in your love life or something. I don't know. I focus more on the use of astrology, the archetypal use of astrology to help you better understand your behavioral patterns and underlying psychological motivations. Mm -hmm. Predictive astrology, it doesn't focus on, but it can sometimes push this, this external locus of control idea. Your fate is decided for you. There's a whole side of the world that mm -hmm. utilizes predictive astrology. So, but I think because, because of the nature of it, it can leave some people feeling like their whole life is set in stone. And then yeah. they kind of feel like, well, if I have no power of choice and everything is decided for me, then what is the point in me 
trying to do anything with my life or trying to pursue a desire that I might have only to hear from an astrologer that, oh, well, that's not gonna happen for you. And so it leaves people feeling really powerless and really helpless. And it just makes them feel like they're at the mercy of the stars. I'm not saying that because I believe negatively about predictive astrology. It's just, you know, even with the clients that I worked with, like these are the concerns like that they would that would bring to me about predictive astrology. The way that I use it is more um, to kind of shift the power, if you will, back mm -hmm. to you so that you use it as a tool to better understand yourself. But to me, astrology is something that you can still employ a power of choice with. This is what your natal chart says. This is the energy that's highlighted here. You can choose whether or not you want to like lean into learning to embody these characteristics. If you believe, hey, that's something that I really want to, to develop within myself. Okay, sure. Like, let's talk about it, right? Let's dig deeper and understand what might be motivating you here. What could use changing? What just needs some acceptance? Again, astrology is a tool. It's not something that like you make your whole personality. Mm. It's something to help you better understand your personality, yeah. how you how you move about the world, how you interact with the world. Now, Emma's gonna give me a mini <laughs> reading. I'm a Gemini born May 27, 92. So we're gonna see if I resonate with it or not. I noticed that what's interesting about your chart is that you have the sun and Mercury in the eighth house. Gemini is an air sign. It's uh, rules the themes and domains of communication, learning, thought processes, things like that. It's very versatile, it's adaptable, it's, you know, can touch the surface of many different topics in the course of like 30 seconds. Not necessarily known for its depth in those topics, but the ability to like ask all these questions and, mm. and, and find answers. It's very curiosity driven, I think, mm -hmm. if you will. But what's interesting to me is that it falls in the eighth house and the eighth house is the house of Scorpio. And Scorpio is all about you know, what's hidden below the surface. It's the archetype of the investigator. Um, it likes to probe at things and, and uncover mysteries. Crazy TV. <laughs> exactly. And so I find it really interesting yeah. that your wildly mm -hmm. successful YouTube channel um, is not centered around, but but has a lot of, you know, mystery, mm. you know, uncovering mysteries and talking about true crime and what's really going on here, mm -hmm. right? That's a very scorpionic type of of thing is to want to get to the root of something because Scorpio can perceive that there is always something um, looming beneath the surface. There's always an undercurrent, it's kind of like not taking everything at face value. It's understanding that there's something deeper here. There's a deeper psychological motivation here. Scorpio also happens to rule the eighth house theme of psychology. Mm -hmm. And when you think about psychology, it's digging under to the root cause of say a behavior. Mm -hmm. And when you when you talk about true crime, it's like, what were the real motivations behind this person's behavior? That's an area where your sun sign, your, your identity in the core of who you are really thrives is in diving deep and uncovering the truth and not just living on the surface. But what's really neat to me is that because you have a sun in Gemini, which thrives on the surface mentally, and it falls in the eighth house of depth, it makes sense to me that you've had a lot of success with your channel because you bring a mental element, an intelligent, not not to say, of course, that people are, who don't have Gemini are not intelligent. It's just a domain of Gemini's that goes there, that asks the right questions, the curious questions. So that's the one thing that I thought was really interesting. Um, I know I said Mercury is also in the eighth house for you. And Mercury, like I said, rules mm -hmm. thoughts and communication. So it means that you naturally um, are inclined to also think that way as well and your mind is is very curious not just in a wide widespread way but also in a, a deep mm. kind of way oh and the other thing with that on more of like a personal level is i find that 
Mercury and Sun in the eighth house people, they love to expose like secrets or they love mm. to like expose like, the reality of like, you know, like a, like a, like a, a crime, for, like a crime, like a case. What am I trying oh. to say? A case, right? Like to expose that type of secret. I don't mean like putting your friends on blast yeah. and all their business, right? But, but yeah, you know, exposing the truth um, behind these cases, yeah. for example. But in your own nature, you mm. may actually not be somebody who reveals a lot of your own secrets. Like, you may not be somebody <laughs> who, you know, is always telling everyone like, oh yeah, this is really what's tell going on your secret, me. but I won't tell you mine. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> the other thing that I found kind of interesting was that you have a midheaven in Leo and mm. it's conjunct Chiron also in Leo. The midheaven is the career indicator and it represents how we appear to the masses um, to like on a large scale. How are we perceived by the world? And Leo is the archetype of the performer, the, the kind of like it's a performer archetype mm. and you had a career. You, well, you still have. Yeah, I was a singer. In yeah, Korea, you have a, yeah, she is a K-pop singer. And that's that fits, obviously, similarly to the. The YouTube channel, yeah. it fits really well with kind of the career uh, path that you naturally found yourself in. Now, what's interesting to me is Chiron is an asteroid that is supposed to represent one of our deepest wounds. It's a wound that we maybe don't feel like we'll fully heal in this lifetime, but we learn to manage it and work with it. In doing so, it can become one of the greatest strengths that we have. Chiron and Leo can present itself uh, as a wound of a wound around being seen. Could either be somebody who like completely avoids the spotlight or you know any type of attention, um, or somebody who posingly right is always trying to assert themselves and and, sh and shine and try to put their put themselves out there. Leo rules the domain of like creativity and the inner child it's about fun it's about and, and we think about creativity like things are creative when you just allow yourself to to express without the restrictions of like rules and like regulations and so when you have chiron conjunct the midheaven it can imply that like the the lessons that you learn about your own inner child and learning to have fun and learning to allow your most authentic self to shine are going to be part of or could be part of the legacy that you leave behind as an artist, mm -hmm. showing people that like, hey, you know, you can just have fun with your life and you can do things like be a performer and still have a, a great impact on other people. You can still feel fulfilled. It doesn't always have to be controlled or more conservative or only in business or only in something like professional. Another thing that it says, you experience or have experienced situations where perhaps your reputation image was unfairly or unjustly tarnished and i know that you mentioned having gone through a lawsuit yeah. at one point that like escalating and blowing up into something yeah. a little bit more serious yeah. where your reputation you know could have been called into question yeah so I, I, I went really through a two-year lawsuit and it like completely ended my k-pop career in korea so could that be i know everyone is wondering about the love life <laughs> me too been having a tough year if your chart is not compatible with your partner or your crush could you still be together while it work out what is your opinion i i definitely lean strongly toward yes with this because first it could of work all, out yes that it could oh. work out still even if your chart is not compatible with someone else when you think about like astrological compatibility people might say Oh, you know, um, if your sun sign is in cancer, it's only compatible with people mm -hmm. who have cancer, Scorpio, Pisces, or maybe um, Capricorn, Taurus, or Virgo, like sun signs. And, and to be fair, 
I think that like sure there there could be a sense of ease that comes there because mm -hmm. there's a, a similar modality or it's the same element so there's a resonance between the two signs naturally but there are also couples that I've seen or read charts for who they interestingly enough have either completely opposite placements or placements like one of them is super dominant in fire and the other one is super dominant in water which are not known to be compatible mm -hmm. in a sense but they make they make up for where the other person is like weak if you will now the other thing is that knowing that this is the energy present in your chart and then whether or not you're actually embodying that energy are two different things mm -hmm. so say that you're a taurus and your partner is a sagittarius i don't want to say inconsistencies but there can be some incompatibilities there taurus is very stable they like comfort the simple pleasures in life they don't like change and Sagittarius is like an adventurous firecracker. It's running, you know, all over the place. It loves to travel, it loves to learn and immerse itself in different experiences. It's adventurous. You know, that could create kind of an issue. Compatibility, I think, is not the same as like initial chemistry. And I think there is also this idea that compatibility is something that is not necessarily chosen, but it's based on things like a lifestyle, for example, mm -hmm. which you have some type of control over. Mm -hmm. Like what type of lifestyle do you want to live? So say that you're a Taurus and you're you're comfortable in your Taurus, I just wanna be here and I don't wanna move anywhere. Say that you're a Taurus and you, there is a side of you that is a little bit more adventurous, then you might actually pair very well with someone who is a Sagittarius, even though astrology might tell you that you're not compatible. You so it's like about the person individually, like this, you know, your charts, rather than like you comparing it with the other person, like trying to. Yes, astrology as a tool to help you better understand yourself and your partner, yeah. not necessarily to dictate your personality and just tell you like, I'm here like this and this is how I am for the rest of my life and I can't do anything about this. So what if I gave you a fake birthday? Technically, can't you make anything be resonating? Mm. May maybe, but hopefully no. Well, for me personally as an astrologer, the hope is that I understand astrology, astrology deeply enough that if I'm reading your chart and it's not resonating with you at all, I would maybe question or maybe ask you like, do I have the right information, first of all? Because while there can be similarities with signs or placements, the deeper you go with astrology, the less likely a chart that is not yours is going to resonate. That's something that also answers this question about um, isn't astrology just making all these vague statements that mm -hmm. anybody can just say like, oh, yeah, that resonates with me. You know, oh, you may struggle with criticism. Everyone like does. everyone. Yeah. Like at some point, of course, everyone could say, yes, I have struggled with that. Yes, there are a lot of general statements that all of us can resonate with. Part of that, in my opinion, is because in the natal chart, right, it's a circle we have all signs in our chart just ruling different houses it doesn't mean that our planets or placements are going to be in those signs but it exists so for example i i have nothing in my chart in libra i have no planets or placements in libra but libra still is is in my chart it's in my sixth house it's just that no, none of my planets mm -hmm. fall in libra that's all but that so that doesn't mean that i i won't ever feel libra it just yeah. means in that area of life is probably where i'll feel Libra energy. From that perspective of, you know, we have every sign in our chart. Yes, that can attribute to why people feel like they can say yes to all these general statements, but it's the specifics and the details of astrology that I think really personalize it and make it a more individual uh, modality. Mm. Did you have any cases where someone gave you a fake birthday or the wrong birthday? No, I've never had, I've never had a case where anyone has given me the wrong information. Mm -hmm. Most times what happens, uh, which I have ha had this happen before, is clients will say that they 
aren't sure what time yeah. they were born. And so in that case, you know, yeah, there's kind of a limit to what I would be able to share with them only because it may not be accurate. There is chart rectification, which is interviewing a person or sitting down with somebody and then trying to figure out where their like what their chart looks like. So it's like working backwards instead of mm -hmm. getting the information first and then talking to the person or seeing mm -hmm. how it matches the person. It's looking at the person, asking them these questions, figuring out like, who are you really? And then saying, hmm, okay, it could be this, which means that you could have possibly been born at 10.52 a.m. Yeah. So I want to know, how can we all, the listeners, benefit by living in tune with our signs in a more healthy way? Again, with the whole TikTok algorithm, just telling us about our signs. I don't yeah. know. I don't know if that's healthy or, yeah. you know. So what is your take? Yeah. So I think the first thing to really understand with astrology is these are qualities that we can develop as a person. We aren't like static people who just exist one way for our entire lives. Like we're always changing, we're always evolving, whether we're choosing to consciously or not, I think. One of the things is we should think of astrology not as like an end destination. Okay, I have a son in, I have a son in Aquarius, right? So I have a son in Aquarius. So for example, one of the things could be that I'm innovative and a humanitarian. It doesn't mean like, okay, I'm gonna go do something on Saturday where I'm in like a humanitarian type of field or where I am volunteering, for example, and then say to myself, okay, like, cool. <laughs> I've like lived my astrology. I'm good to go. I don't have to do this anymore. <laughs> it's really more about like cultivating the qualities of the sign, the expression, you know, finding the expression that your signs represent and then learning to embody that. Again, I guess you don't necessarily have to do that. Like you could choose mm. to be like, I don't really, I don't care. I don't really, I don't want to develop that quality. Okay, that's fine. You know, you don't, no one's forcing you to do that. Living more in alignment with the expression of your signs, I really do think can bring you, of course, a sense of alignment, but also like a sense of purpose and fulfillment. Kind of hard to explain, I suppose, because there isn't necessarily empirical scientific evidence that says doing this will definitely lead you to like a 75% chance of mm -hmm. fulfillment. In astrology, there's something called the lunar nodes, the mm -hmm. south and north node that represent life's purpose indicators. The north node can in some form dictate or um, signify destiny. Now, when I say destiny, first of all, I don't mean fate, like mm -hmm. you're <laughs> doomed forever. I mean destiny as in more of like a potential type of thing. Mm -hmm. This is something that could help you feel more fulfilled and reach a certain type of potential that maybe you wouldn't reach if you decided not to fill mm -hmm. it, I suppose. So anyway, the South Node represents your comfort zone. It's where you've already been, it's qualities that you've already mastered, and your North Node represents qualities that you are learning to master, and in doing so, will propel you toward your destiny, your purpose. I personally, like I have a South Node in Taurus and I have a North Node in Scorpio. So South Node in Taurus has a comfort zone of, you know, very, being very practical, very like simple, not super emotional, a little bit resistant to change. Scorpio is about emotional resilience, transformation, allowing endings to become new beginnings. It's really about like diving deep beneath the surface of things. So it's not about like the simple pleasures of nature and just like mm -hmm. at face value, it's deeper than that. Scorpio is also like the house of death and kind of maybe darker things, darker themes of life. So naturally, um, you know, it can be uncomfortable to have to look at those things. If I were to only live my life embodying the qualities of Taurus because they're comfortable for me, that's fine. But I personally have found that in doing so, I hit a ceiling on like a level of fulfillment in my life. Like I, f I feel comfortable, but I don't feel like I'm growing very much when I'm there. It's having learned 
and strengthened and like the qualities of Scorpio that have helped me feel like I have really achieved some type of like fulfillment in my life. I'm not trying to say that just embodying these qualities is gonna bring you like, like that's all you need to do to be fulfilled. That's, that's not what I'm saying. I, I think humans are more multifaceted than that. But leaning into those qualities of like emotional depth and emotional resilience, transformation, and allowing myself to be transformed after the experiences that I have has pushed me to an entirely different level in my life. When I started my life, I was a very like emotionally closed off person. Mm -hmm actually speaking to astrology i was very like scientific minded sort of i struggled to trust what i don't know which is um one of the scorpio strengths is um trusting in the unknown so i would uh, struggle actually to believe in things that were not scientifically proven that's fine you know um i studied neuroscience in school and i think that it still helped me a lot to have a, a background in science to understand myself from a psychological perspective but my own level of like fulfillment and feeling of purpose in life has skyrocketed ever since I allowed myself to explore and expand belief system or even my just my own interests outside of what my eyes can see and what science can prove to me. And now I'm finding myself here mm. as an astrologer into this kind of more mystical realm of things that we can't perceive with, with our eyes. And I had to let go of certain beliefs that I had or certain fears that I had to become open to this. I had to let go of certain fears of how I was gonna be perceived for being someone who came from an academic scientific place and community who's now gonna turn around and be like, hey everyone, astrology, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like how astrology, like you said, is a tool and it's, yeah. I feel like it's something that you could try to benefit more with your life instead of being like a predictive thing. Mm. Like you said, so, so interesting because you're a psychological astrologist yeah. instead of predictive astrology. I know you do personal bookings. If you want a reading <laughs> yes. by Emma, can you tell us like your links? Yeah, so the company that I operate under that I started, it's a holistic wellness company. It's called Ebb and Flow Dynamics. If you go to my website, you can find me there. It's ebbandflowdynamics.com. I'm on Instagram as well. If you want to follow me there for like shorter form content and I will eventually, um, be starting a YouTube channel as well for some longer format content um, to be able to answer some of your questions more in depth. So if you want to get to know yourself a little more through astrology, go book with Eva. Thank you so much for yes. joining. This was so this interesting. Awesome. Well, I'll see you guys next time. Yeah. Bye. Bye. The Green Tea Podcast serves thought-provoking and celestial stories with motivational guests like secret millionaires, biggest music industry producers, and your host, Emma and Grace, diving deep into the mystery of the universe. Available everywhere you listen to podcasts.